All first-time depositors at Monkey Knife Fight that put at least $20 into their account while using promo code PFF will receive a free PFF Edge annual subscription. That's a $40 value for just $20. And you get the opportunity to turn that 20 into even more money playing daily fantasy and prop games at one of the fastest-growing sports sites in the USA, Monkey Knife Fight. Go to Monkey Knife Fight and deposit your $20 with promo code PFF today and receive your free PFF Edge annual subscription. Welcome to Unexpected Points. I am your host, Kevin Cole. I am very excited to have this week's guest join me. You could say the analytics community took a big step forward when she transitioned into an NFL analyst role this fall. She is, of course, ESPN's Mina Kimes. Mina, welcome. Uh, thank you for having me. I, I, I feel like I've mischaracterized sometimes at my own network as an analytics person. I'm just analytics friendly. I th- which I think we should all be analytics friendly. Um, yeah. But analytics adjacent. How about that? Analy- How about that? I'll take that. I'll take that. I'm the coach who says, you know what? We just want more information, which is really what <laughs> exactly. that's really the right answer whenever you're asked about this stuff. But some coaches can't seem to do that. Yeah. The, the wrong answer is always this isn't baseball. And uh, that, that's always the wrong answer. Or the, if, the, if the wrong answer that. that coaches say a lot is, well, um, you know, if it backs up the tape, it's like, no, that's not the process. <laughs> It's not the process. You're not looking for confirmation. You're looking for information, but yeah. Yeah. Well, actually I'm going to want to talk to you a little bit about Ooh. backing up the tape because okay. I, you know, I, I've been following your, your ascension over at ESPN into this role and you know, you are grinding, you're grinding tape over there. Now I assume <laughs> you are watching uh, the all 22 for, for the different games. You ever throwing all 22 into just casual, casual conversation nowadays? Uh, absolutely. That, how do you think I impress people these days? Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I get to it when I can. I'm not like a grinder by any means, just trying to, um, get to everything because it's very hard to cover all 32 teams. Fortunately, there are teams, you know, like Washington, which I think we're actually going to talk about today that we don't usually cover in depth, but, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's hard to watch everything. Okay, well, well, we'll get more into your process a little bit later. Like you said, we'll get into some of the, the news stuff that's happening right now. And then uh, the, my original conceit for the podcast was quarter season awards, going through the NFL awards. Um, I have here some of my preseason predictions. I have your uh, preseason predictions, which actually look look pretty solid. So I'm going uh-huh. to give you credit there. Okay. Um, maybe a couple apology letters you're going to have to write, but not, not, oh, no. not too many, not, not too many. Um, but we'll, Probably we'll get Josh to that. Allen. We'll get- I feel like we all have to constantly apologize to Josh Allen at all times. And I picked the yeah, bills but- to win the division, but whatever. Yeah. We, we all have our Josh Allen apology letters ready. Uh, mine I've not signed and dated yet. That's something I'm going to wait. <laughs> I'm going to wait until maybe halfway through the season then, and, and then I'll jump into that, but l- l- let's get to the news first. Um, I'm, I'm going to go with, Haskins being benched for Kyle Allen uh, since it was something that was just announced today. One of the more surprising parts of it, I would say, is that Alex Smith, well, maybe it's not that surprising, but Alex Smith elevated to the number two there. So this seems a little quick, a little rash. What was your initial take on this? Uh, the timing made no sense to me. I And, and 
I say that because the time to bench Haskins would have been the prior week after he was terrible. Uh, in the last game against Baltimore, he was competent. You know, I, I don't really understand that. I don't understand it from an organizational perspective based on uh, what I've seen out of Kyle Allen, which we can talk about. I went back and pulled my notes on him from 2019 because um, we've seen a lot of Kyle Allen. I, I, I've seen some people say out there, well, let's see what we got Allen dude, he played almost a full season last year. So he's not like this unknown high upside prospect, but, uh, and perhaps I could be wrong about the upside, but um, I don't really get it because it seems to signal that they're definitely moving on from Haskins, but one, his trade value now has been tanked Two, And I think you could have potentially boosted it. And then two, um, it's not like Allen is going to give you that, much better of a chance of winning games, I believe. So I just don't understand it from a process point of view. Yeah, I know Rivera mentioned that the change may not have happened if you know they were so far out of the division already, um, being <laughs> that, you know, being winless is almost being in the division there. So, you know, they're only half a game out. So he mentioned that, which I thought was somewhat interesting. Yeah, I see them as pretty similar quarterbacks. Um both of them have a lot of negatives, a lot of uh, interceptions, a lot of sacks. Uh, pocket awareness is not exactly the greatest there. I mean, Haskins was the lowest rated graded passer so far this year, other than Carson Wentz, um, lowest adjusted completion percentage. So obviously there are a lot of there are a lot of negatives there. I'm wondering, I mean, you know, I, I thought it was kind of a long shot that Alex Smith would come back, but could this be like part one of a step to get oh to Alex Smith? He's definitely playing. And then because Kyle Allen, the number one problem with his game is he's a turnover machine. Yeah. So can't, you can absolutely see a scenario in which he has a multi turnover half and Smith comes in like no question. And I am terrified for that scenario. I am an Alex Smith enthusiast. He's a wonderful human being. And we also know everything he's overcome, but I just am very nervous about watching him play football, but I think this makes it very likely that that will happen. Yeah. Like, I mean, cause he is the opposite of these guys. He's yes. the, he's the lower variance. He's, um, you know, avoiding turnovers, maybe not the most impressive performance last year, but he hung in there right around, you know, maybe let's say slightly below average on the team, even though they didn't have a whole lot going on when he had played, um, when he got time in Washington before. So, yeah, I mean, I think it could be, maybe they think the defense can hold up enough. So if he's there and seeing what else is in the division, that he's going to be the path there. Uh, the larger question for Haskins would be, you know, is this, is this it? I mean, we've seen the most similar scenario in recent memory is probably the Josh Rosen scenario where they were put in a position to cut bait on him a lot earlier. Um, he went to Miami, he had a few spot starts, but nothing's going on there. And now he's on the, on the practice squad in Tampa Bay. Do you see a similar trajectory potentially for Haskins? Um, not, re- I mean, yes, insofar as it's likely that he's done there. Although, you know, stuff always happens at football teams behind the scenes. Like, for, and I'm sure there's things that happen behind the scenes that went into this decision that we don't know in terms of uh, how Haskins looked or acted or whatever in practice, that kind of thing. Um, and so it's possible, I suppose, that he could win the job back, um, especially again if Allen has some multi turnover games or whatnot. But it, it's interesting when you think about the Rosen uh, situation, Arizona got a second for him. Like in retrospect, that was a steal, 
you know, and I, I have trouble right now seeing Washington get that much, especially in like the post Josh Rosen world. So I, I, it's hard to say. I, I also think that next year there's going to be potentially more than one reclamation project, assuming that the jets move on from Sam Darnold, if they get the first pick, that's a big assumption. So I, I don't know exactly where his landing spot will be. Yeah, I mean, we heard some rumblings very early on um, during the offseason before his rookie season that there's some questions about whether or not he was getting any reps in practice. And, uh, you know, you don't really know what to believe. I guess yeah. often I've learned a little bit o- over time that there's there's a lot going on that we don't know about. So perhaps that is it. Perhaps there's just some behind the scenes sort of, sort of stuff going on. And, you know, when when Rivera decided to bring in Kyle Allen, I think that was a little bit of an indication of what they were going to do. Um, do you think any sort of hindsight now, and, and this this is being pushed out there a little bit, that they, they should have looked at Tua or looked at Herbert at number two is a relevant criticism? I mean, it really depends. Yeah, obviously now, yes, but it really depends what they, you know, they thought they had in Haskins and I'm of two minds there because on one hand, I think Haskins actually his final two games were pretty good. Three games, maybe when we did our off season preview. um, I remember going back and watching, I think it was Philly in New York. And I thought he looked, he looked solid. Um, You said he graded pretty well. He graded pretty well at the end of the year. Definitely. Yeah. Um, But then he also has been put into such a position to fail um, but again, they couldn't have anticipated Brendan Scherf going down and, uh, you know, so it's hard to say. I think it's it's fair to say both that they should have anticipated Haskins would struggle based on the personnel, but also based on what they saw at the end of last season, they could have thought, OK, well, even in an adverse situation, he could have shown us more. And I think both of those things are true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is a lot of a lot of question marks there, but you're right about the the price that you mentioned earlier that they'll get via trade. I think that's almost an impossibility of getting a second round pick. So um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see if he, if he sticks on the, on the roster or not Uh, going a little bit further back in the week, the other big story, uh, Bill O'Brien, the head coach slash GM slash mastermind of trading away all their, all their picks has been, has been let go. Um, I'm kind of of two minds about this. I think, it probably is the right move to kind of rip off the bandaid. Cause I don't know if you could strip him of GM powers and then still keep him the head coach and, and all that yeah. sort of stuff, but he's been a pretty solid head coach. So the, the, the but it seems like it, now you're getting rumblings about the locker room and, and what's going on with the players. You never really know what to believe, obviously on the way out. Now they're saying he was negotiating all of these deals that were signed, these massive <laughs> deals for Tunsil and others. They're kind of just really piling everything on top of him at this point. So I'm going to discount some of that, but what, what, what's your thought on this? Um, I think they fired the GM, but the GM was also the head coach, you know, I, that, and that makes the timing weird because you should have fired him before letting him do this stuff. Um, I, or let him see it through, I suppose. I think, yeah. And so there's reports this morning that like JJ Watt confronted him, which is you're probably done if JJ wants against you. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, I, I, if he was not the GM, I don't think one, I don't think they would be in this position clearly since he made a lot of these moves, but I also think his record as a head coach is 
probably strong enough to where he would have earned a little bit more time and leeway. Um, it's in, it, it's kind of like, again, like bad process, probably the correct outcome. Right. I, it, it's a, he left this team in shambles though. I will say that just again, from like a roster perspective, this is, we've, we've been talking on our network about like these various jobs and what's desirable and what's not. And of course we don't know what the other jobs will be though. We can kind of speculate. I'm really mixed on this one based on what O'Brien did to this roster. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think this is not the first time that we've seen at least with, with the GM, a similar sort of thing. I think we saw shades of this with uh, Mike McCagnon in for the jets where Mm. they let these guys hang around and, they get to the point that their job is threatened and then they start doing some big moves like the Tremaine Johnson signing or Le'Veon Bell or other things where they're they're kind of just throwing money out there or picks in the case of O'Brien. Um, so, so they're they're giving them this chance to to have this last hope of of turning things around. I mean, kind of Doug Whaley, maybe a little bit in, in Buffalo, a similar sort of thing happened. So, yeah, when you mentioned the what do they have there? In the te- for the Texans, obviously everyone's going to point to Deshaun Watson to a lesser extent Tunsil because I think on that contract I'm not sure how much of a value Tunsil really is there. And then you're missing all the picks. So this is something with, with Watson. You know, I've been I've been trying to figure out how to alienate another <laughs> another fan base here. And I've been thinking, you know, we all think he's Deshaun Watson is great. I'm not saying Deshaun Watson is a great. I'm not saying there isn't a there isn't a chance for him to live up to these third or fourth best quarterback in the league but maybe maybe there's a bigger chance than we think that he's he's not going to be you know a top a solid top four quarterback going forward what, what do you think about that i just realized that you're the your biggest alienating stance about Russell Wilson. We're going to talk about MVP later, so we'll get a chance to uh, hash yeah. that out. Um, but it's on amazing when Watson, you say someone's slightly underrated. There's nothing worse than calling someone slightly. Un- I'm slightly overrated. Excuse overrated, me. yeah. Um, okay, but Watson, though, um, I think for me, he's been outside that top tier. So then it's like, okay, well, is he in the second tier? And I think he is. I do agree that you know, we know the criticisms, he takes an undue amount of pressure and is responsible for a fair amount of sacks. And I think the other one would be that he's inconsistent game to game. He has bad games, right? Like, like really bad games every now and then, but his highs are so high. Um, and, and I'm not saying that like, it's like uh EKG chart, like the bad games are far fewer than the good games with him. It's not like a, you know, it's not the Josh Allen YOLO index. Well, that these days, Josh <laughs> Allen doesn't have bad games, but anyways, <laughs> That's um, true. yeah, I think with, with, for for Watson, well, I just said it for me, the ding is I have been surprised by how much the absence of Deandre Hopkins has hurt him as a quarterback um, and uh, that entire offense. And I think sometimes with quarterbacks like Watson or perhaps Russell Wilson to some degree, we underestimate how much like they're kind of scheme independent, but they need playmakers more. And Hopkins in particular was a playmaker who really figured out how to play with Deshaun Watson. I mentioned this after the first game, but Hopkins once told me that like very early on in his time with Watson, so their career together, he learned, oh, right, like every route, I'm going to have to have a second route in mind just in case he extends the play and I need to get open in the intermediary of the field or whatever. And 
you kind of don't realize until that's gone how necessary it is when you have an offense that operates out of structure so frequently. Um, so I think you could argue that Watson needs a player. It doesn't have to be necessarily like an elite player, but he needs someone like that um, to play at his highest level. And obviously he's not played at that highest level this season. No, that is an excellent point. And again, the the reporting uh, reporter, senior writer, uh, Mina Kimes <laughs> coming at, coming into play here. I'm lying on um, my years of- old years old conversation there with uh, DeAndre <laughs> so but, but uh, another thing about Hopkins I mean we don't it comes it's, it's true of every every player in the NFL that they have so many different um so many different attachments on on the team you know it's the quarterback is it the wide receiver is it the coaching is it this and that so for Hopkins now that he's gone to Arizona and he's I would say he's thriving there I mean he hasn't been stretching the field much but I think he leads the league in receptions he's being heavily targeted he's in the conversation for you know not MVP but maybe offensive player of the year um, eventually that probably should give us a little bit more confidence that he's really that good right as opposed to if he would have stayed stayed with the Texans we wouldn't know if it's if it's, is it Watson is it the system is it is it everything else so they think that is part of it and when it comes to to Watson a little bit more I mean I was looking at ESPN own, so I'll ESPN's own. I'll, I'll put this on you. QBR metric. Uh, no. He's twenty first, twenty first right now. Um, QBR takes a while to stand on. <laughs> well, takes a while or not. Um, you know, he he was he's commonly placed up against someone like let's say Lamar Jackson as who's mm-hmm. who's better. If Lamar Jackson was twenty first <laughs> in QBR right now, I have a feeling the a lot of things would be projected uh, yeah. on him from the, the internet about, would be alive certain corners yeah there wouldn't be as much hope i guess there would be there'd be a lot more he's done he's been figured out he's this and that whereas for for watson i think we may be cutting him a little bit more slack how much do you think the schedule falls into this i mean this is supposed to be schedule adjusted oh, things uh brutal schedule. The schedule falls into, yeah, yeah i mean houston's been i mean whoever made that schedule i'm surprised houston hasn't publicly complained well I know who the NFL but um yeah so uh Chiefs Ravens Steelers did they do that in the right order um okay and then and then Minnesota Minnesota. yeah you know he played well but I I think god who they've got this weekend I think it's an easy game Jacksonville Okay. They have Jacksonville this is it man this is it well the the, the defense the Jacksonville defense is not good so yes Let's, you know, I also think we're going to get the classic dead cat bounce, Bill O'Brien firing. Like, I, I think Houston, I, whatever the line is, smash it. Smiles on the sideline. Yeah. All over. Romeo Cornell hugs afterwards. <laughs> um, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, they have, they have coming up here. Jacksonville, Tennessee. I, I don't know what they think of Tennessee. Who might not defense, play? Honestly. Yeah, right. uh, yeah, who, yeah. I'm so just they'll, like they'll refusing still be, to weigh in on any Tennessee game ever. They'll, that, that could be a forfeit. Uh, Green Bay, who, mm. again, defensively, yeah. we don't. We're, and then Jacksonville again. So nice. this is it. This is this is the stretch for him. Um, again, I'm not like I, I, I do this thing, which is very I don't recommend anyone else does this for if they want to build uh, popularity, and which is I try to like spot these trends when people aren't believing they're going to happen and then and then saying them and then everyone calls me an idiot. And then if it happens, it was so long ago that I said it that no one remembers that I said it anyway. So then I don't get any credit on the way down. So it's basically the exact opposite way that you want to do these things. But but I'm starting to think about this a little bit for for Watson, just because, you know, this is this is starting to get critical critical point in his career, I think, to 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 to, to, to have him actually take that step into the top five that we believe he belongs in. 
I think just football too, like it's really hard to make predictions about anything uh, because and have them come out, come true in the exact time frame that you desire <laughs> because <laughs> it's such an interdependent game. I mean, like the Josh Allen thing, like if Josh Allen is drafted by another team, he's probably not good, right? And that's no right. discredit to Josh Allen. And I'm not saying he's a system, like he's been awesome on his own independently this season, but quarterback play, as we've seen talking about, you know, Haskins and all these guys, it, it's so dependent on so many factors around them. So I, with Watson to go back to that, if they get an awesome, awesome, like if Eric Bieniemy takes that job and they get, they find that playmaker or whatever, you know, I, he could totally be great and you could look like an idiot. Um, but if they don't, you could be validated. So, you know. Yeah. Look, again, these are weak. These are weak takes. These are weak takes here. But just something I'm thinking about. I'm going to be paying attention mm-hmm. to, especially th- these okay. next these next few weeks. Hater, just thinking hater. that this could become a story <laughs> two weeks from now. This could be. Yeah. If I was smart, what you do is you jump onto the trend where it's almost like almost everyone has recognized it, but not a hundred percent. What's ooh, and what then, is and that the, right now? And then you jump. Well, it was like. Honestly, it was kind of Russell Wilson doesn't have any MVP votes sort of trend like this summer, nope. you know? Nobody and, and really ju- said that, though. Come on. Like, that's like... Uh, a, I mean, I, not, I, not, I, not you, nobody you, really. It is mentioned on every broadcast constantly. I meant like... In, <laughs> Yeah. Anyways, no, but I'm just saying that like, like you jump on something right when it's mm. about to hit. And so then everyone can agree with you, but then everyone thinks everyone else doesn't recognize it yet. So that, that sort of thing. So mm. um, this was like anyway. the Bucks deal this summer. And we were like, yeah, yeah we, know. we know, but that was like a cool <laughs> thing to say. Right. And then it happens very quickly afterwards because it was already happening. And then you can you can take credit immediately. So anyways, that's what I would suggest for others out there who are trying to not be yelled at at the Internet quite as much. Um, Okay, let me, you know, I'm going to skip. I was thinking about talking about the COVID thing, but I just don't know what to say about it. My my one thing that I'll say, and you can you can weigh (laughs) in on this a little bit, is that I looked at some of the MLB stuff, Mm. if only to try. I mean, we don't have we don't know a lot. I mean, as we've seen with this thing as it's progressed, like we don't even know how it's we didn't even know how it was spread initially, and then it goes further and further. So I think the key thing that my, my overarching point is like we don't really know that much and if you look at the mlb i looked at their stats 21 out of the 30 teams had a positive player a a player test positive um but there were two that had outbreaks the marlins and the cardinals and those came kind of next to each other so i don't just just the little bit that i know about statistics and other stuff you know you have these random events but sometimes they can cluster together and you think there's a bigger trend going on so I don't know. As of now, we only really know that the Titans, there's an actual outbreak, right? On, on the yes, Titans. Just, just um, things, yeah. But we don't really know if any of these other teams are going to turn into outbreaks. So I guess that would be maybe my my word of caution in piling on the Titans a little too much. Maybe they just got unlucky, although we have this whole practice thing going on. So I'm yeah. not, I'm not <laughs> but that's that's a little bit after the fact don't, as far as the breakout. Yeah. The breakout had already happened. So True. yeah, so we, we we don't we don't want to do that. But sometimes, you know, one one situation will turn to a breakout and another won't. And, you know, sometimes it's just luck, whether whether that ends up happening that way or not. Yeah, I think um your point there's a very big difference between one or two positive tests and an outbreak and identifying not only the factors that lead to that, but how quickly can you stop something or evaluate it and how long is needed is gonna be key for the NFL. Um, yeah. I think any other take is a little overstepping unless, you know, you're a scientist. 
<laughs> well, even even the yeah, yeah even the the epidemiologists have kind of been all over the place on this thing. So yeah, true, true. Um, so, so we've 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 changed our our speed there. So I mean, on the positive side, like I said, for the MLB, they have gone now. Uh, at least a month without a positive test of a player after having those those outbreaks. Uh, who knows if that can be replicated in the NFL? Mm. But there's there's at least there's at least a chance there. Uh, okay, let, let's get into the awards season because I want to talk more about Josh Allen. You mentioned him earlier. Mm. Um, we, whether or not we have to apologize or not. So let's go through the major awards. Our picks for quarter of the way through the season at the quarter pole here. And I also, like I said, I have our preseason picks, which I said yours look yours look yours look pretty good. Uh, let's start with <laughs> let's let's go ahead and start with MVP. Um, I know you did a podcast on this. I'm not sure if you even said who your pick was for MVP, but I think I saw someplace else that you were you were you were taking the chalk and picking Mahomes. I believe at the beginning of the season. Yes, I picked him. Yeah, definitely. Was that? Was that like psychologically you were just trying to make sure you weren't going to get hurt by, by choosing Russ <laughs> or was, or you were pretty solid on that one? No, I think I wrote for our like ESPN panel that my pick is going to be Mahomes until he stops looking like Patrick Mahomes. So um, for the foreseeable future, it's Mahomes. Has he stopped looking like Patrick? Well, not stopped, but has he looked like Patrick Mahomes so far this season? I think through four weeks, they have played two of the most difficult defenses that they will play. Other the the Bucks is also on their schedule. So I think to, to answer your question, yes, but with the tremendous hedge that I think uh the level of competition he's played has been much more challenging than uh some other teams. Yeah. Although Russell um, Wilson played the Pats pretty well. <laughs> well that seemed like a pretty different there I mean, it whatever. Is. I, I haven't I haven't gone into the all twenty two. <laughs> I will never, I will never somehow everything reminds me, we knew you're also, you know, going back to senior writer, Mita Kynes, when you wrote your Tarad, I'm going Tarad here, Taylor article, um, somehow every Bills fan has watched all the all 22. Did you notice that? They must have. Yeah, I know. That's one thing about the Josh Allen apology tour that bothers me. I saw your colleague PFF Sam had some kind of form or something. And one of the checks was like, didn't actually watch. Watch Josh Allen. No, we watched Josh Allen. He wasn't good. Now he's good. Like that's something. <laughs> like that's amazing. That's amazing. But it's not like there was something hiding in plain. You know, like this. This is like one of my biggest pet peeves on the internet is when you say something that's true in the moment, and then someone comes back and is like, "Oh, takes exposed." It's like, no, this is just accurately reflecting reality in the moment, and then time progressed. That's how physics work. Okay, sorry. Yeah. No. 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 I mean, I'm done. Yeah, I mean, this. The- that's the thing when it comes to passing grade. I mean, now Allen's a top five passer by a passing grade. He was always in awesome. the tw- he was always in the twenties, and everyone said, "Well, you know, you're you're biased against Josh Allen." Well, did we just stop being biased? Did we just decide now we're not going to be biased against him? Um, you know, EPA per play or QBR. Now he he's he's high. I believe he's higher than Russell Wilson in QBR. By the way, um, r- I mean, right now. So it's like, did did that up. measure just stop being biased <laughs> <laughs> against him? Now it's biased against Russell Wilson, of course. Um, um, but you know, yeah, I, I, I totally agree with that. And okay, here, here's another, we might just get all into Allen, uh, now. So, well, who's your MVP pick? Is oh, it well, my MVP pick, I, I know I'm going to say, I'm going to say Russell Wilson, uh, you know, okay. cause that does, although it's, you may think that's in, in conflict with my ever so strong take <laughs> that the, the exact take by the way was, uh, 
he perhaps at this moment could be slightly overrated. So it wasn't, you know, it wasn't the strongest. That was not, that's not very strong take there, but um, yeah, no, I I think, I think he's been, he's been the guy. I think some of these measures that I like to look at, they also include that pick six from uh, they threw it Greg, they threw to Greg Olson. So that's, that was a big play. Oh, they take that out. Yeah. 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 I mean, it was a little behind him, but um, yeah. So 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 anyway, so, I, so I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with Wilson, but I believe I believe Josh Allen is close. But the problem, see, here's what I think's happened with Allen, and it, and I have a tendency to do this. Obviously, you kind of root for your takes, right? Um, everyone <laughs> roots for their takes. At least I assume everyone does. Maybe people are bigger than me. Um, well, actually, people are definitely bigger than me. But maybe in this specific instance, they are better than I am as far as rooting for your takes. So so that's an element of what happened with Allen. And two is there's just so much from his supporters or from his fans that you feel compelled just in, in volume to push back against that when you end up seeing it. And, and you weren't seeing that same sort of thing for another quarterback who objectively was not good his first two seasons. Yeah. I think um, the nature of the response then tends to cause certain both sides to dig in it is it's a great like if the internet didn't exist would we feel differently like would it be like this wonderful delightful story for people (laughs) you know like (laughs) which i actually i think it is and i want the bills to succeed at like a part i like i said i picked them to win the division but i also think i generally root for fan bases that have not had good luck that's kind of my bias outside of seattle so um i certainly hope it continues i think my take before the season was I love everything about this team except the quarterback. He still has to show me that he can match the team, and he has. And as the defense has declined a bit, um, it's been necessary. So that's been cool to see. Now let's let's talk. Okay, so you have so I'm, I, are, I, 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 yeah MVP right? Uh, yeah um, MVP. Yeah, let's, 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 yeah, let's get you on record at least. Sure, I'll, I'm going to stick with Wilson, although I think it's neck and neck between him and Rogers. Okay, interesting. Yeah, because Rodgers is the other guy. Rounds out the top three. Allen rounds out the top three. So, um, okay, so this is interesting because I think that's a pretty fair assessment of where we stand (laughs) now. I think it's almost like the exact assessment of where we stand now. The thing is, when you look at uh, the the odds for who's going to win, if you're going to go to our to our friends in in Vegas and place a, a, a wager on there, Russ is quite a bit higher than anyone else. Um, almost three times the implied odds of uh, Rogers or Mahomes, believe it or not, still still being there. And then Allen's a bit lower. So what they're pricing into that is essentially is that they're kind of more confident that that things will continue for Russ, at least vis-a-vis Allen and probably vis-a-vis Rogers. Are, did, did you agree with the Rogers side of it, I would say, more than anything else, that do you think there might be more of a regression towards the 2015, 2000, and I guess 17 was a little bit shortened, but 2018, 2019 Rogers that, that causes Ben Baldwin to write articles. Um, I mean, given like what we know about, I don't know, statistics and how unlikely any of these things are, uh, it seems plausible. Um, I just think when I watch the offense though, like dudes are wide open in that offense. Right. Right. So that's something that doesn't get factored into that. Um, I think like the scheme is really, really strong in green Bay right now. I think Matt LaFleur is crushing it this season. Uh, so I think that's going to counter 
any of the likely regression we'd see. I also think their offensive line is really good. So I think he can keep it up at a pretty high level. Yeah, I mean, the offensive line thing has always been largely ignored when we talk about the first round wide receivers and and, and all that stuff. So yeah, that continuity there and continued good play there. Um, do you buy into not the narrative that he somehow he was he was angry, you know, angry, Aaron, not, <laughs> not not that sort of thing. Um, but, you know, you see, of course, you never know. This could just be winning. Right. But you, you there, there does seem to be this thing where supposedly he's picking teammates up where there was this there was this thought about him that he was extremely critical of his teammates and maybe uh, a little bit too much. So so I, I don't want to get too much psychoanalyze it, but do you think there can be something into how he's approaching things also? Or is this just who, who he was always and it's really just the scheme fit and everything else? It's probably a little bit of a lot of things. I think primarily scheme fit. <laughs> uh, I mean, not to, you know, die, but you know, you just, you know, like you can only, you can't, there's so many things you can't predict. I, um, I do object to the notion. I mean, but like another thing too, is like we, I think sometimes when we try to analyze stuff, we never have any idea how healthy guys are too, even when they're mm-hmm. not quote unquote injured. Um, and that's something that factors into this as well, but it's just to the, the dominant factor by far to me just seems to be the rhythm of the offense and, um, how easy it is, how easy it looks for him right now. Yeah, no, definitely. And I guess even some of these more, uh, you know, the non Devonte Adams options that he has doesn't matter. I mean, maybe that doesn't matter. I mean, maybe they're playing better too. You know, maybe they're getting, oh, yeah. they're also, becoming more familiar with the system and everything else. I mean, I guess, I don't know. I, I think it's probably some of these coaching things I, th- I think tend to be overhyped, but th- there is, there is this, this thought of the Shanahan system where right, it takes you, some, can, you, yeah. you can, you can take these players who may not be your, you know, like you're like a wide receiver. You, you, you find the guys that are a little bit easier to find who are not going to necessarily win contested catches or be the most, precise route runners but there are guys who are going to do things after the catch you know and and just and and follow the scheme and what's going on so maybe there's some some element of that too as they're trying they seem like they were trying to build Niners East yeah and I think the point about Shanahan is really good because not only did like it take I don't know like Matt Ryan for example has said it took him a year to earn the system but like you can look at what happened in San Francisco it wasn't guns blazing from the start you know it does take time for everyone involved from the offensive line to the skill players, to the quarterback to pick it up. And then you can start integrating whoever into it. So uh, I think that's what we're seeing. I mean, it's a, the Shanahan fingerprints are all over this offense, right? So um, you certainly saw that on uh, Monday night when they didn't have wide receivers. So like, I, 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 it's crazy. It's a Shanahan offense and they have Aaron Rodgers. you know, it's like, Oh, right. That's a really good combination. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's pretty amazing though. If you think about, they're, they were 13 and three team. They were probably more like, I don't know, a nine and seven team in reality, as far as how well they played, they drafted the first two picks in the draft last year, played a combined three snaps in week four. Yet the team is so much better than, than it was, than wow. it was last year. And yeah, it's, it's a pretty extraordinary jump, but a lot of the seeds, I guess you could say were planted last off season that are starting to come to fruition now. And maybe we kind of overestimate how much a great rookie draft will have an immediate impact anyway. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Still, I'm still riding with Wilson, but it's close. 
All right. Well, well, one thing about Wilson. So I mentioned QBR. He's a bit lower. He's a bit lower in kind of just straight EPA per per play metrics. Yes, there was the pick six, but there's also this thing where he takes a lot of sacks, right? And that, I think that's something that's that's held him down. Um, do you think? I mean, I guess my point would be that that's something that maybe isn't fully appreciated by by the public at large. Do you think that's a that's a problem for him? Do you think that'll that'll prevent him from ever being, you know, at the end of the season, he is statistically the most efficient quarterback in the NFL? The fact that Russell Wilson takes sacks and that yes, the fact that he takes sacks. Um, I think well, it's just kind of part of the game, right? And similar to Watson, although I think obviously it's less of an issue with Wilson than it is with Watson. Um, or like a Ryan Tannehill, you know, who also is having a pretty good season, but, um, it's Tannehill's actually not taking sacks this year. It's weird. Really not to the degree. Interesting. I, I think he invites undue pressure still. Um, Wilson, it's just, you kind of take the, it, you don't really get the extended plays without that. Right. I think, mm-hmm. um, so it's sort of a little bit of a, the poison that comes with the overwhelming good of what he's able to do outside the pocket. And when he eludes rushers and tries to keep plays alive Um, to me with him, it only really becomes sort of backbreaking. If it's sort of situational, it's when is he taking sacks? Where is he taking sacks? Um, Is he able to pick his spots and that kind of thing? And is it actually costing games and overwhelmingly, you know, it doesn't. Now, and yeah, I mean, another reason I was a little bit skeptical uh, about what may happen this season with Russ is the fact that, you know, he was the he was the highest graded quarterback for for us last year. And if you look at previous years, he he had difficulty getting up into the into that top tier. So I got when I look at a quarterback who in maybe it was, I don't know, was it seventh season, eighth season, something mm-hmm. like that, makes that kind of leap. I wonder about that. Do you think that he has made made a, this leap in the way that he plays at all? Or do you think he's been the same guy the entire time and maybe it's just now appreciated more than it was before? I think he's improved, but I also think everything around him has improved. You know, like some people point to... I guess it was like 2016 when he was throwing more and wasn't having great success, but one, he was hurt. He was, he's played through some injuries, which doesn't get factored into any of this. Um, and also the offense around him has been very injured at points. Like this is by far the best group of receivers he's ever had. Okay. And right. no, yeah, no doubt. The offensive line is better than they were during those years. And I think sometimes that context gets ignored because just as quarterbacks um, influence how we view offensive lines and, you know, skill players, the reverse is true as well. And I think um, so to answer your question, yeah, he he's playing better, but you know, he, he was in a worse situation before. Right. Right. Okay. Well, let's pivot back to, to Allen for a second here. Um, where do you think he'll end up at the, at the end of the season? Do you think we'll still be talking to him like about him? Like he's a top five quarterback at the end of the season. I do because their team is so good. I don't think like it'd be really hard for him to keep playing at this level. Maybe he will knock on wood, but I think it ultimately won't matter. Like the perception of him and that offense will still be really high because um, it's such a good offense. The play calling too, right. is awesome. Um, Everything's kind of clicking at a high level. So even if he, if, even if his performance dips a little bit, um, it probably won't matter. Yeah. I mean, I thought 
this last week was was like one or two notches above even what he had done yeah. prior. Um, I mean, th- there were some plays that we've seen. He was he was kind of he was throwing just you know his footwork was not so great, but he was able to to get some passes in there, which I think he would have had some problems before. So there's that sort of stuff, the stuff that I'm not so great at, at diagnosing anyway. But there were a couple of plays where he rolled out. And he just like threw the ball away where I hadn't really seen him do that, uh, quite honestly, in the same sort of way. Um, There was a play where it was a screen pass that was kind of blown up and he just spiked it at the at the running back's feet. So I don't know. Those were the plays I'm really interested. Now, he still had the shovel pass where he kind of injured himself and he took that ugly sack at the end that people saw. But in a lot of ways, it was just the shovel pass wasn't even necessarily that bad. It was kind of unlucky they ended up hurting himself, but it was really just one play that that sack that you can point to. And I think that even in the, even when he was playing well, those first few weeks, there were, you know, two, three, maybe even four plays you could point to each game where you're like, well, that's, that's not something that uh, an MVP type of quarterback probably does. Yeah. In the Rams game, he was, he kind of, I I have a joke that he like blacks out on the field, but he did that for like maybe 10 minutes. You were like, Oh my God, he's back. Ah, you know, he was awesome for like 80% of the game. And this last week he, it was really just like two, two bad plays, right? Two moments. And that's huge. If he can limit those moments to that degree, good night. Uh, and I agree with you. The decision-making was excellent in this game, but also in this game, the um, last game, uh, his receivers bailed him out a couple times, didn't bail him out, but they, they make plays. Stephon Diggs makes that 50, 50 cash, right? That's not right, a good throw. Right. Um, Cole Beasley, the touchdown again, that's all Beasley. So it's everything is clicking in that offense, which is why they're so good. All right. So now let's roll into offensive player of the year. Um, I did a little research on this just for some, some <laughs> background numbers, uh, I, I like to see how these things have played out in the past, just so you're not like picking a position that never gets chosen mm. or something like that. So, okay. you know, Michael Thomas was only the second ever non running back or quarterback to win the award last year. Um, Jerry Rice being the first, and it looks like five of the last eight also won the MVP. So maybe we'll discount the whole, the whole double, the, the, the you know, <laughs> the you're going to win both. Because, it's so yeah, dumb. That's, yeah, that's, that's, it's, it's that, that's definitely kind of silly. So, so you're. Uh, your pick on on the pod was DeAndre Hopkins, which is an excellent pick. Um, I had chosen before. Huh. Uh, it, it, it was kind of out of left field a little bit. I chose uh, Odo Beckham Jr., who hasn't been awful. He's been okay, yeah. but he's definitely not, he's definitely not in contention. Uh, I wouldn't say at this point, at least. So, who would you say is your pick right now, based upon what's happened these first four weeks? Probably Alvin Kamara. Yeah, that was my guy, definitely. Yeah, right. I mean, he's leading the NFL in yards from scrimmage. He's carrying that up. Although well, last week, you know, Breeze kind of picked it up. But I think the narrative is forming that Alvin Kamara is going to carry the Saints. To it, it, narrative, it's not just a narrative. It's true. It is what is happening on the football field. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that would be my pick. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think he's going to have difficulty continuing to carry them in this. Yeah. in this spectacular Tough. fashion that he's that he's been doing it and you're you know you're gonna have michael thomas come back and all that sort of stuff but yeah i think he's there but i would say it's not a 1b situation but aaron jones oh, has been a, yes. close right i mean he's kind of like kamara light i mean kamara light as far as he's he's doing it rushing receiving efficiency it doesn't quite have the touchdowns in the same sort of way but he's doing it there too um so i, I mean he's really close in my mind right now Totally. Yeah. Especially going back to the aforementioned usage, right. By LaFleur, like he's, yeah, he's probably number two in yards from scrimmage. I don't have it in front of me, but yeah, he is. Yeah. 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 
no question. Yeah, um, it, just great route runner, good hands, um, has become such an integral part of that offense. I could totally see it. Yeah, I mean, amazing. And I, yeah, I mean, I was kind of down on him this year, um, <laughs> at least from a statistical standpoint, just because of the AJ Dillon thing and everything else. But Dillon's been completely um, cast aside, it seems like, at this point. Okay, some other names that I think are interesting. I mean, you had, like I said, you had DeAndre Hopkins. I think Hopkins is interesting, but I, I, the team and the passing offense is maybe not successful enough i don't think even if he's putting up these gaudy sort of numbers i mean he's on pace to break tom uh michael thomas's uh catch record i think he's on pace for 150 something catches so it's not bad um another name i thought was interesting although i don't think he's really gonna be i mean is stefan diggs a guy who could who could be interesting um he should be but i i think he isn't but uh, he should be (laughs) i think right now he's the best wide receiver he's playing like the best wide receiver in football right now yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, I guess it depends on how much of the credit you, sometimes this is one of these things where the, the, the pie gets divided up. And if there's right. too much credit going to Allen or too much to the system, there's not enough left for digs. Whereas Camara's kind of seen as being the, the driving force there. So exactly. I can, so exactly. I can definitely, I can definitely see that. Okay. Let's go to defensive player of the year. Uh, are you sticking with your preseason pick, uh, which is also my preseason pick of miles Garrett? Yes. Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> I like this. It's like a, a yes. reveal for you. I, well, I honestly we forget this. all of my picks. That, that's that, I feel good about that one, especially after this week. Yeah. Well, it was funny yeah. because yeah. You, uh, it, it was, it's, it's like an, ob- it was kind of a, well, okay. I'll, I'm Is not it saying obvious? that it's an obvious Cause pick. it wasn't not no, according to, no, 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 no. I'm saying yeah. it's a not obvious, obvious pick, meaning like it was, if you look at the underlying numbers for what Miles Garrett had done, it wasn't like he yeah, had to have some sort seven. of outlier season in order to 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 do this, right? Like he he would have he, he had to take a step up from what he'd been doing so far, but what he'd been doing so far was so good, but it largely gone ignored because of the the mess that the Browns were, the fact that he had yeah. some injuries, his rookie season, all, all that sort of stuff. But yeah, I mean, I mean this season first in Pass rush grade for us. First in total pressures, tied with Aaron Donald there. Uh, first in sacks, first in forced fumbles, a couple of fumble recoveries. Uh, I think there are five teams in the NFL that have fewer sacks than Miles Garrett does by himself. So looking looking pretty good. Do you think there's anyone else who's in contention at this point? Aaron Donald is the, yeah. uh, you know, kind of universal, like I said about Mahomes, he's always going to be there. Um, but aside from that, he's an, he's an guess, average run defender though. Mm, <laughs> yeah. TJ Watt would be the other name. I think there's going to be a lot of eyes on him as yes. he progresses because that defense is so, um, explosive. So those would be the two guys. Yeah, no, that's exactly what I had on here. Yeah. Watt, he doesn't, he's been, his pressure rate is almost as good. He hasn't turned it into the big plays that miles Garrett has had. Of course, miles Garrett got to play against Joe Burrow and Dwayne Haskins. So, that might be um, that might be part of it, and that Cowboys uh, offense which yeah. runs a billion plays and doesn't have the greatest protection. So uh, th- that that could be more of the difference than anything else. But yeah, I could see either Donald or Watt playing in there. Okay, uh, let's go to offensive rookie of the year. Are you looking at? I guess I don't think this is something that you would you had picked before. Was it something you had picked? I don't remember. I don't have it down here. So who who, who, are, you, who are you liking so far this season? Uh, Burrow. Is, what um, about Herbert? Any any chance? Um, I really like the way he's playing. I'd have to look at their schedule. Um, and then I think 
I think in some ways he's in a better situation. And in a lot of ways, he's in a better situation. Um, I think Burrow, there's sort of this recognition of the adversity sort of in the situation that he's overcome and well, but I wouldn't want to, I mean, God, he's going to get hurt. I hope not knock on every piece of, you know, hard objects around me, but, um, yeah, that hit that he took, I forget who it was from the Eagles game. God, was, was, Brandon was Graham, it was ugly. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember. Who so, it was, but yeah, it was bad. I'll stick with Burrow. I, I really like what I've seen from him early on. And I think Herbert's been a little more inconsistent on a plate. I think Herbert is going to turn the ball over more. And, yeah. yeah. I mean, I was shocked to see, I wasn't shocked, but Burrow is, I think he's seventh or eighth in, in our passing grade. Um, really? Jeez. Seems, see, yeah, that seems a touch high. Um, yeah. Cause I, I mean, I didn't, I didn't watch against, I didn't watch the Jacksonville game. Um, I did watch a lot of the Chargers game and he was bad. I mean, he was bad in that Chargers game until the final series. Like that was the first game, obviously. I watched yes. the Browns game and I think the Browns game was he he kind of gutted through it, essentially. I mean, he you know, he got the 300 yards, got everything else, but I think he threw 60 something pass attempts. So he's kind of like carrying the team, but not in not in the most efficient fashion. So, but by efficiency metrics, he's kind of in a, he's a bottom 10 sort of guy, but then by grades, he was a top 10 sort of guy. And I think maybe that's why there is this disconnect, at least in my mind, mm-hmm. when, whether I really think that has he really been better than Herbert or not? Cause Herbert's kind of the opposite. He's been graded. He's graded poorly, but he's actually been, I don't know, 12th, 11th, 12th or something like that. If you look at the numbers he's put up, cause he's had some big splash plays in particular. I, I thought Herbert was really, or probably Burrow was really good in the Eagles game. Um, yeah. he's giving Jackson, but he takes a I ton think, of sacks, though. That's the thing. He's playing behind paper mache, but yeah, it's. I think he's you're seeing like the progression, like he's getting better every game, and I think that's what gives me, you know, hope going forward. Yeah, no, I can. Oh, actually, that kind of reminds me, there may be another apology letter, um, to the uh, what, what, what can I call them, the abnormally tall quarterback association out there oh, for right. justin was, herbert are you, are you writing that are you right you know you, his height's been listed at different one? heights though so yeah <laughs> so we're, we're just gonna we're just gonna move that cut up uh, we're doing the, like the a kevin, Dur- up a kevin durant bit. no i'm gonna say he's six five <laughs> move that down okay. a notch yeah. there you go that that'll work there um okay so defensive rookie of the year i don't know if there's anything that interesting going on here uh not really what do, what do you have here are you just gonna you're just going to put Chase Young in there. I'm not sure who else is even competing, honestly. Yeah, I think Antoine Woodfield Jr. has gotten some yeah. heat, but he kind of struggled a little bit last week, and I think he's going to have games like that depending on the opposition. Um, but then he's like he's kind of like a big playmaker for a DB, and I think that gets people's attention. Um, but I think when Chase Young comes back, is he? I don't know if he's playing this weekend. I think he might be. Um, yeah he's going to keep making plays and, you know, racking up stats in that defensive line. Although you losing INA, I mean, they've, I don't think that defense is going to look as good as they did week one for a minute, but um, he looked, he is as advertised. What about, um, what about Javon Kinlaw? Do you like, do you think he's in the, is he's close? It's hard for interior defensive linemen. I don't know. Maybe I'm doing the unfair thing where I'm talking about who sh- who will win instead of who should, because uh, I yeah, really yeah. like him. He's a really good player. I just think that position it's challenging. Okay, and the the, only, the guy that 
I kind of want to talk about a little bit is is Jeff Akuda only because I think it's hard for a cornerback probably to win this no matter what, but and he's kind of getting posterized on a weekly basis. Uh, I think in a little bit of a of a better week. Would you? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I would fade. I guess concern, but it's not great though, right? That he kind of that he kind of just looked lost at least when he was covering Devonte. I mean, he's not the only person who looked lost covering Devonte Adams, yeah. but it was uh, it was pretty ugly. It was really ugly. It's a. I mean, it's a very difficult situation, and uh, like Exhibit A for Matt Patricia criticism. By the way, I mean that everything about that defense is frankly um but you know i i think he'll look better at by the end of the season but uh it's just i don't i don't think he has a shot at this thing yeah yeah it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a long season there uh okay let's go to coach of the year your preseason pick looking good again sean mcdermott oh hell yeah uh, that's a great pick <laughs> love, I, that. love that for me I, I, I I had Stefanski only because That's a good pick too. quite often quite often it's won by new head coaches yeah and well let, let, let's talk about Stefanski for a second because it's not that I'm souring on the Browns but I just think there's a lot going on there that might not be sustainable I mean they're rushing for 200 plus yards a game and they're only passing for 180 something yards per game uh that's that's unheard of i mean the, the ravens i think had slightly more rushing yards right. than passing yards last season and they were such an anomaly that they almost don't even count so uh, can this continue essentially or you know they're gonna have to rely on baker a little bit more they will but stavansky is doing something that great coaches do which is he's leaning into the strength of the team which is the run blocking frankly it's the offensive line and the entire offense is kind of flowing from there. And it feels like when you watch them offensively, it feels like they have an identity, such like a corny football guy thing to say. But one thing I loved about the Cowboys game was that identity isn't just, okay, let's put our heads down and run the ball. You know, there's, he still took shots. Um, He still dialed up aggressive, fairly aggressive pass plays moments when some old school coaches who would say the identity of our team is a run first football team would not um, like that Odell Beckham jr. And around that, that was ballsy man to do that again in the game. So I really like what I've seen from him so far. I have concerns about the defense. I think getting back Reed Williams at some point will help. I have concerns about, I'm still kind of waiting on Baker. I think we're going to learn a lot this weekend. This is a big game for them against Indy. I think it's probably the best game of the weekend. Um, but I'm I'm very high on Stefanski based on the early returns. That said, McDermott's yeah, I mean, a better pick. I feel really good about McDermott. Yeah, no, definitely McDermott's a better pick. I'm, I mean, one other thing to think about when it comes to the Browns is uh, biggest turnover margin plus six in the NFL. So again, you know, we'll 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 see what ends up ends yeah. up happening there. It's not like Baker is uh, savant at avoiding turnovers. So uh, if they, if they have to use him a little bit more, we'll see. Um, one thing, actually, I mentioned this beforehand that I wanted to ask you about something on Baker. And you, when you, before you profiled him, you mentioned in a podcast when someone asked you about, at least I think I'm right about this. I could be, to, I could be a little bit off about what your, the exact quote is, but it was about being, I think it was most surprised by someone or you didn't expect or something like that. And I think you were talking about Baker Mayfield on there. And that always kind of intrigued me because. Um, I mean, he's not an open book. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say necessarily, but I didn't know if there would be that much hmm. surprising to to learn about him. 
Um, do you remember? Do, 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 I don't know if you well, remember having said this, or does that sound right? Um, yeah, I, I would say like on revisiting it, probably the person I've been most surprised by was Darrell Revis, but um, <laughs> who's just I such think that's a... who you said. You, you, you said Darrell after you mentioned, well, I can't okay. say the first guy because it, okay. it was before that piece came out, but yeah. Okay, yeah, because Revis is such a weird, a lo- lovely weirdo and not like any NFL player I've been around, and I really liked him. But um, Baker, I was very surprised by how charismatic he was, which I mean, this shouldn't have been surprising because he's kind of due to obviously is charismatic and confident and that kind right. of thing. Um, but I remember from interviewing him, spending time with him, he seemed to be like the kind of person who could immediately become friends with any human being, like just anyone, any type of person, any whoever. So I, that definitely, it could have been him as well. Um, I really enjoyed interviewing him and, being around him he's a very he's not vanilla and and i don't mean that in like you know he says outrageous things or he puts it more just like he has a very larger than life personality and not all quarterbacks are like that oh yeah i mean not not really barely any quarterbacks like that i think it's always I mean, I think it's funny when they when you see one of his like progressive commercials back to back with a commercial with Patrick Mahomes uh, State Farm commercial or something like that. Like it's like night and day. Like Baker almost looks like he could just be an actor in some of these. Totally. He's such a good actor. I I know people have been roasting them for like how many of those there are, although they really hit differently when the Browns are winning. They're like, oh, it's like, no. But um, yeah, he's like phenomenal in those. Yeah. So maybe that's it. Maybe he's he's got a post NFL career lined up there. Now I want to throw out a, a long shot coach of the year because there's only been, I think it's, it's been like 30 years since there's been a coach who didn't have a winning mm. record. Do you think there's any, any, any Matt rule buzz out there two and two, maybe if they end up being pretty good, you know, let's say if they can go eight and eight, I don't know if that'll happen. Do you think he could have any buzz out there? I think if they pull off nine and seven, he's got a shot. Mm. I do. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to crank it up to a winning record. Um, but that team, that's, that's going to be been, tough. I know it's going to be tough, but that team's been surprising so far. Yeah. It's kind of interesting because this is a little bit how I thought things might play out. They would surprise, they would do well this year, but like the construction of the team, I just don't know, like beyond the next year or two, you could progress to a nine and seven, maybe a 10 and six, but I just don't know where you go from there essentially with, with the, with the team that they have the here, that they have, yeah. yeah, with the pieces that they have, so I think they would have um, to really take a step forward on defense. If they could, yes, be a top ten defense, which you know, it's a very young group, obviously, um, that they can definitely win the division with the level of play they can get from Teddy. Yeah, I, I, I could see that. I, mean, I think the offense could be a you know, B, B minus type of offense, and then right. So if you get that defense up to a level type of defense you could mm-hmm. potentially you could potentially have something there one one person i want to pick and this is actually uh uh sorry i don't mean to to throw him under the bus here this is actually bill barnwell's pick on your pod although not that mccarthy's been bad but i think mccarthy's an interesting guy mm. to talk about what do you what do you think well, hmm. he's taken some blame obviously he's probably taking too much blame but how much of this is his fault specifically the fact that he brought in mike nolan do you put some of this on him for how the defense is playing not really. I mean, yes, he's the head coach, so the buck stops with him, and they look like a poorly coached team right now. Um, and that's less schematic and more just execution, right? But I have been pretty clear 
about this on our shows. I think it's like a poorly constructed team. I think they've made some bad roster decisions, like, you know, in terms of how they've spent their money, especially going forward, obviously with the deck situation. So I just think, um, the, and, and I underestimated that, frankly, but I think that some of the asset allocation, talent evaluation clearly was lacking. And I think that's bearing out. What about, um, I guess, criticisms on, you know, they're not using motion or whatever he was supposed to have learned when he <laughs> embedded in the PFF offices for, for a while, um, the, kind of that schematic sort of stuff. I mean, you can point to that stuff. I think like it's, and I think it's totally true and fair, but that's, you know, I, it, it, it play calling isn't just like, you know, what percentage of play action, what percentage of motion, what percentage in this personnel group, right? Like, you like run motion hundred percent of the time. Right, from I know, right. When you look at those lists, you, you, you win always. Right. You yeah. see Washington up there. Obviously it's not a good offense. Like it, sometimes it comes down to, I, I mean, I think the offense First of all, like it's not the problem. So there's that. But second of all, um, too often it just reminds me of the offense under Linhan. You know, like it, it it reminds me of those Jason Garrett offenses, insofar as like guys aren't open, right? There it, it's kind of vanilla looking. Um you're kind of just counting on your receivers to win too frequently rather than getting them into space. So, and I'm not clearly I'm speaking at like a person who's not a actual play caller. Um, I'm only just saying what I observe. So I think it goes kind of beyond that. And what I'll be curious to see is if that doesn't improve. And I, again, this offense is not the problem. I keep saying that, but uh, whether Mike McCarthy tries to take the reins uh, could happen sooner rather than later. Yeah, that, that could could definitely happen. Now I know. Okay, you you got to get out of here pretty soon. So let's. I want to hit one more thing real fast, and that is assistant coach of the year. Although it's only been around for six years, um, we're kind of dealing with this offensive explosion this year. So I could see a yeah. a Dable McDermott combination here because I think three out of the six times it's been this, the coach has been the head coach has been the coach of the year, and then the coordinator has been next. Is there anyone defensively that that, that, that you could point to? Assistant of the year. Yes. Hmm. <laughs> I've been trying Let me to throw out like, a couple of names here. Uh, okay. Like Todd, T- Todd Bowles. I was, perhaps? About, I was just about to say, la- yeah, Todd Bowles with that defense because there's so few good defenses. Eber plus is probably going to be in the mix too, right? Yes. Yeah. I'd say so. Um, so those would be the two guys defensively. Am I missing? Is there anyone else on defense? You think? I don't think so. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's kind of. Tough. I mean, those are the two names well, there. And then actually, you know what? Steve Spagnolo also should be. Yes, under that's another one I thought of. Now that you mentioned it, yeah. I mean, it's interesting because I think he can kind of point to at least on the back end, um, making. I mean, he kind of did last year too, like making a uh, yeah. He started the passable problem. defense out of out of out of nothing there. And what about? Brian Schottenheimer. Brian Schottenheimer. Was, <laughs> somebody just threw him up as it was Schefter threw him up as a head coaching candidate and my head started spinning. Um yeah. He's been great. No, um, he he has been great. Okay, one thing, one thing. Of course, I have to come in with the negative angle. Okay. I, that's my thing. So clearly. I know everyone's like, we, we, we gotta give him credit for ad- for adapting for this or that. I mean, this is like the evolution of mankind adaption. Like this has taken the, yes. so way too long. So how much, the how play much credit does he get? Good. The play calling. Yes, no, I agree. I agree the play calling has been good, but how much credit do you get for this adaptation when it could have been happening, you know, two years ago? 
Well, the question is how much of that was Brian Schottheimer? How much of that was <laughs> I guess that's true. Um, Brian Dable is probably probably the guy though on offense that you'd have to get. Yeah, to. yeah, I would. Yeah, I would say so for for what we said earlier. Anyway, I know you got to get out of here. Thank you so much, Mina, for joining me. This is great. Uh, follow Mina if you're not already, which you probably are on Twitter at Mina Kimes. Listen to the Mina Kimes. Is the Mina Kimes show? What's, it is the, uh, the Mina Kimes show featuring Lenny. Featuring Lenny, uh, we, we missed the Lenny voice, but maybe that'll come back um, <laughs> at, at some point. Well, not, now, now you're a senior serious football guy, so probably not. Yeah, um, but exactly. anyway, thank you so much. And, uh, and uh, everyone listening, I'll be talking at you again next week. Thanks. Thanks.